Welcome to the Abbey Talks podcast series with myself, Lisa Farley, coordinator of the talk series here at the Abbey. For last orders at the dockside, playing out in the Abbey stage, I asked writer Neve Gleeson to take over at the helm for a series of mini podcasts about life in the docks. You won't hear Neve's voice within these recordings. We decided to let the dockers and the docker's daughter do the talking. And talk they do. About a way of life of a time gone by. Of hardship, of friendship, of family and friction. All the good, the bad, the long and the short of it. Enjoy this podcast. My name is Michael Forden, Mick Forden. I was born in 1949. My father was a deep sea docker and his father was a docker as well. They were casual dockers, they weren't button men. So I was kind of cap in hand, begging for work. And they were very bitter over button men and the union problems they had in 1947 when the unions was corrupted and treated men very unfair. Now, that's in the past, of course. We can't, you know, live in the past. And we all mellow when we get older as well. But I mean, I've heard stories like umpteen times. My mother and father were children in Monto. Now, both of them were in Monto itself. And sometimes I'd be awake at night time and I'd be listening here we can, at the end of the bed, listening to our stories. And of course, if the stories are too heavy, they'd be looking at me and I'd be kind of squeezing my eyes, letting them be asleep, you know what I mean? But I'd be listening and get the best part of the stories if I could, you know. I'd always an interest in folklore and stories telling. It spread into me, I suppose, from my mother and father, because they were great storytellers, you know. And I've always loved art, always loved the arts. Um, I, wasn't, I hadn't got great schooling because I had no interest in maths or reading and writing. But now, lately in my later years, I've really cling to it and I love it. I've always sketched and drawn in school, I was good at it. And that kind of, when you're, I was dyslexic as well as that. So any artists I've met in my travels always was dyslexic for some reason and always cling to the arts as an escape. Some people use sports, other people use art, and I just love art. And I love being here in the Abbey Tierra, sharing my material with people who has the same interests. Um, regards to the docks, I was born on the docks. You know, I grew up robbing coal on the docks, stealing coal, um, robbing fruit stores, you name it, scutting trucks. We did it all. I'm working on stories at the moment, um, as the docks was a haven for kids, especially Mitchers. Mitching means, you know, going missing in school and spending your days hanging on the docks, bumming fruit and bumming whatever you get your hands on. Some people say, you know, did you go to school? I didn't go to school, but I met the scholars on the way home, you know. I worked as a casual docker when I was about 16, seasonal work in the summertime at B&I sheds. And the winter time when there's no work on the docks for us, I would work at the coal. I worked at the coals in 1966 or 65 up to about 1970s. I went into business myself as a haulier. And all the work I'd done was all to do with the docks, inside the docks, with the dockers themselves. I could actually proudly say I know more about the docks than the dockers themselves. Because I had a hand in everything. I moved every kind of cargo going, from grain to bags, um, animal feed. I could name all the animal feeds I worked at, fish meal, groundnut. Uh, pollard cocoa beans, which was used for chocolate, making chocolate. Maize meal, I worked at bulk as well. Bulk means bulk cargo, meaning grain or fertiliser. I had tipping trailers, I had a fleet of trucks and I had umpteen trailers. I worked most of a merchant's warehouse and I proved myself to be a good worker as my family were great workers. I could actually proudly say I outworked everybody on the docks, believe it or not. I'm now just hitting 70 with this birthday party coming up tomorrow. I'll be 70 years old. 
And anyone that worked with me is practically dead. All my drivers and helpers that worked with me and alongside me, they worked very hard and they're all died. I'm just lucky to be alive and I'm very healthy and I thank God every day. I say a prayer every day and light a candle. God gave me me health to be still here. So I'm kind of very lucky that in that respect. I have a great family as well as that. I have three daughters and two sons and a lovely wife who I'm very proud to marry to. Her father was also a docker. And, you know, spending time with him and listening to stories too. He was the kind of a man that wouldn't talk much stories about the docks, but I'd warm him up and I'd be talking about different subjects about the docks and he'd let things go. And there's some people like that with stories, they, you know, they've great stories, but they don't still end up and talk about it. But if you warm them up nicely and things slip out and they start rambling on, and then you say, where was my recorder? You know what I mean? But if you take your recorder, they freeze. Oh, what are you doing with that? Oh, you know. So you're either a storyteller, you're not a storyteller. And I think I'm a storyteller, you know. Um, ask me any question you want about the docks. Funny stories, sad stories. I've been there with the whole lot of them. The dockers themselves have had good relations and bad relationships. But now we, when we all got on in life, we all understood life better. And we've all mellowed, which is good. You know, you get more out of people when you're mellow. Funny story, um, one particular story sticks out was a fellow called Figio. Figo, 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 Figo. You know, you want to call him that if you want to. He was loading the truck and he was a brutal forklift driver. He's one of these elderly fellas who come along drunk in life and got a job driving a forklift. It wouldn't be heard of nowadays. And Figo was loading this truck of mine with bundles of steel. They're 20 foot lengths of bundles of steel, heavy. And Figo was loading the truck and he's loading the manners ways and you're giving out to him. And of course, Paddy Daly, the foreman, and the boss man himself, Liam Warden, who's a boss man over, over R.A. Books, they're walking by and they're looking at Figgio. And of course, Liam Warden says to the foreman, Paddy Daly, tell Figgio, put the small ones over there and the big ones over there. These are the bundles of steel. Of course, Liam Warden walks ahead and Figgio says, oh, I know what bleeding Liam Warden wants, pointing down at his boot. You know, moving his boot around as much as he wants to kick up on the you-know-what. And of course, Liam Warden peeped around the corner, overheard the conversation and said, what does Liam Bleeding Warden want? And of course, Figgio says, he wants the big ones over there and the small ones over there. Which I thought he was very fast to be on the ball and answer him as quickly as he could. But these are the kind of things, how Maddy Ward, he still had an answer and could get out with toy spots. I've always loved the docks. You know, I don't know what it is with the attraction. And um, I used to bring kids down there myself, and if we were missing from school, we'd be down there raiding the banana stores. The banana stores we called the Tropical Fruit Company, actually was the name, but that was built around 1882, actually. And the two heads that's over the doors is Anna Livia and Atlantic. Now, them two heads were once placed over Carlisle Bridge, which is now O'Connell Bridge. So when they were building adjusting the um, bridge to O'Connell Bridge, they took the two heads down, the two figure, the two um, keystones, you know. And they were too big for the new O'Connell Bridge because there was no more humpback bridges that time. There was no need for them because the boats didn't have to go under the bridge. So they took the two heads down and put them on the Tropical Fruit Company. And they're down there to the present day. And Ivana Livia, who welcomes the uh, Liffey coming down, and you have Atlantic, who welcomes the sea coming in which I think is great history to have it there. I actually wrote a poem about Anne Olivia herself. And this is a docker talking to Anne Olivia. 
It's called Heads in High Places. It goes like, with heads of hair covered in slack and coal dust and sweat that ran down wasted weary faces. Yes, you saw them come and go. When work was scarce and men on rainy days begged up in the boss men's faces. Pick me, I'm your man, please pick me. But the boss man looked down with not even a frown and replied, we only job our cronies, and if you want to join the gang, come up and see me in Maroney's. Yes, you saw them come and go. And when sailing ships are moored, and starving men like poor whores, jumped aboard with number seven shovels on shoulders mounted high, and without any hesitation, called the first mate and cried out to the nation, this hatch is ours for the taking. Yes, you saw them come and go. And while men were stripped to the waist, bushling wheat, corn and maize, cried out loud, there must be an easier way of making a living without breaking their backs for a lousy shilling. Yes, you saw them come and go. When kids came down from all corners town with hunger in their faces, you just looked on without even a yawn and mumbled with granite faces, Dublin is going to blazes. Yes, you saw them come and go. In black 47, when starving people were going to heaven, you hung low from Carlisle Bridge, and not a toss or did you give. And the people cried out loud to the English nation, please deliver us from starvation. But the British, with deaf ears, gave us little but salt tears, and maybe the odd boat ticket in our hands. And you called this generosity, with ethnic cleansing our land of poverty. Yes, you saw them come and go. Yes, you saw them come and go. I'd say the 90s, I had three yard ticks at the time and 10 trailers and um, a lot of the work, the warehousing was finished on the docks because containers were coming in. And people weren't warehousing stuff anymore that landed on the docks. People are bringing it in all over the world in containers and they use the containers themselves as warehouses. So there's fierce competition with selling stuff. All the warehouses are empty on the docks now. With Barrexa coming up nowadays, they're all full now because people are holding back stuff. But for the last couple of years, people bought warehouses and walked into it because there's nobody buying stuff to store stuff anymore. You only buy what you can sell there and then. And the old saying is, you, you only sell the day you buy. You know what I mean? What you reap is what you sow. But you must buy and you sell the same day. As a haulier, you got all the dirty jobs. You're called a hacker. A hacker was a man who just went down with a truck and you couldn't say no, you're a yes man. So you had to, you know, work your way up the top. And I did all that and I'm very proud of it because I, I got the best of work at the end of the day. And then it started fading out, got very competitive and I just kept cutting back and cutting back. And then I said, you know, you're working and you're working to pay a number of people. And then you're counting your fingers and you've all overheads. You've VAT, you've tax, you've insurance, you've this, you've that. You've, you know, goods and trans, all these kind of things, and you're last to get paid. And you're saying to yourself, has it worth all this? You know what I mean? You've got to get money for the... If there's guys working for you and you're paying for Patrick's Day, you're paying for Good Friday, and you're paying for this, there's no work. You know, and then you ask to do overtime another day, you've got to pay them for the overtime, but you don't get that in the price of the job. So eventually the window's down to nothing. And eventually I just cut back and I went driving a taxi for 10 years, and that's a story in its own meeting people and hearing their stories. And that's my story about my end of it. Ask me another. The song itself um, is my favourite song, actually, a ballad song. 
Oh, the water is deep, I can swim all, and neither have high the wings to fly. Build me a boat that will carry two, and boat shall row, my love and I. There is a ship, and she sails the seas. She sails so deep, deep as can be. But not so deep as the love I'm in. And I know not how. I'll sing or swim. I lean my back against an oak, thinking it was the strongest tree. But at first it bent, and then it broke. And that's the way love's treated me. Oh, love is handsome, and love is fine. Gay as a Jew, when forced is new. But as love grows old, and waxes cold, and fades away like morning dew. Oh, the water is deep, I can swim, oh, and need a half, hide the wings to fly, build me a boat that will carry two, and boat shall row, my love and I. And boat shall row, my love and I. How was your old one, game ball? <laughs>